When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life groovy. With a one last plot holes a gratuitous movies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy. Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, I Learned, Learned from, from Movies. And tonight. Oh, tonight. We celebrate our 100th episode. Hi. You've listened to me ramble on drunkenly for 100 episodes. That's true. Can you name five of them? Ooh. Ooh. The core. <laughs> that was one. Yes. Bloodsport. That was also. No, wait, not the Jean Claude ones. Come on, it's too easy. The core wasn't Jean Claude. <laughs> A boy and his dog. Uh, okay. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China. Mm, technically, that was a full-length commentary. Congo. That was an episode. Leprechaun in the Hood. That <laughs> was definitely an episode. <laughs> Night of the Leapers. All right, you've proven your point. <laughs> <laughs> but we also celebrate Jean-Claude Van January with possibly Woo! the most Jean-Claude movie 
The Quest from 1996. All right, so I think more people could name Bloodsport, but this is the better version. This is also the most Jean-Claude because he wrote and directed this movie. He's a homeless clown! (laughs) (laughs) Don't spoil it! (laughs) It's in the opening scene! Uh, But first... Well, I'm sorry, the opening scene, he's an old man. But first, we're too sober to talk about this movie! (laughs) Please stop shaking the microphone with jumping around. (laughs) Never! (laughs) Uh, So, let's see. Our first beverage comes to us from Fort Point Brewing... Fort Point Beer Company here in San Francisco, California. It's their Manzanita, which is a smoked alt beer brewed with charred Manzanita, which is a shrub, I believe. Uh, Yeah, it's a mountainous shrub that, as far as I know, is only good for wildfires. (laughs) (laughs) Here's for good old smoked alt beer in California. It's a super insanely hard wood that, like, shatters when you walk by it. It scratches your cars the fuck up when you drive through it. And yeah, it's not really good for anything, so let's see how this turns out. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right, pop the top. Oh, my top. And the pour. Oh, it's in a 12-ounce can, if you can tell from that. <laughs> yeah, my cup noodle cup. Oh, mm. yeah. It's a nice brown beer, kind of yeah. reddish color. It's got a uh, surprisingly dark-colored head for how light the beer is. Kind of a medium khaki. Smells yeah. smoky, but not overly. Yeah, it's like a reddish-brown, almost copper color to it, but... Yeah, there's a little yeah. little smoke hint of it, kind of. Yeah, like a little barbecue hint. Yeah. It's a lot of malty aromas coming off of it as well. Steve's going in for the sip. Oh no, no! Yeah, yeah, it's okay. like a really good like like barbecue beer. Like it's got that smokiness, a little malt forward, so it's mm-hmm. almost borderline sweet. Yeah, yeah, this is delightful. Yeah, uh, I appreciate a good smoked beer, particularly when they have like a lot of restraint. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, again, that's Fort Point Beer Company. You know, I've nothing I've had from them has been bad at all. It's true. Yeah, yeah, they've it's had all a been selections. really good. I don't recall which ones we've had on past episodes, but Colshaw, yeah, I've had I a Colsh, yeah, they're KRA or something like KSA. They're also really expensive, so we don't buy them very often. <laughs> it's true. They're like two dollars a can. Yeah, they're fairly small, so yeah, they have to charge a little more. And the the uh, the brewery is so far away, too far to fill our growlers. <laughs> it's true. It's like eleven miles as the crow flies, but that's two and a half hours <laughs> in traffic. Two hours, yeah, at least in traffic. But nineteen ninety six is the quest. Oh yeah, yeah. Again, the directorial debut of Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh. Uh, he's actually done two other movies that he's directed. Uh, what are those, Steve? Apparently, two thousand ten Soldiers and two thousand fourteen's Full Love. When are we doing these movies? Possibly next Jean-Claude Van January? Who knows? We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but it stars Jean-Claude as Christopher Dubois. It also stars Roger Moore as Lord Edgar Dobbs. Yeah, it does. And the great James Remar as Maxi Devine. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> So this so, movie is a period piece. Let's begin with that. Yeah, well, well that, that's the thing. Okay, so it starts out in a bar... I assume present day nineteen, you know, nineteen ninety six or whatever it's supposed to be, and I got I got a feeling it was more like maybe the forties. Well, well uh, so so okay, so with that, we'll, we'll say that. But he goes into the bar. Yeah. Uh, there, there's an old man going into the bar. Yes, uh, definitely. Ask for, for a coffee. Has Christopher Lambert's makeup on yeah, from, uh, from Highlander from 2. Highlander 2. So, also, also looks a lot like Christopher Plummer, I, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, it walks up, asks for a coffee. The bartender offers to put a, a taste of whiskey in that coffee. Almost forces a <laughs> taste of whiskey in it. Like, this is a pushy fucking bartender. Yeah, and then uh, a couple couple ruffians come in to, like, rob the bar. And then, uh, basically, the old man at the table is like, eh, you shouldn't do that. You should just walk away. No one gets hurt. <laughs> Obviously not an old Jean-Claude Van Damme. Definitely but not. But <laughs> the guys say, whatever, fuck him. And uh, give us the money. <laughs> I don't want to give you the money. And so then a fight ensues where basically he beats the shit out of three youngins who like break beer bottles and chase after him. Yeah. He whoops him with a cane. or He becomes Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> and he throws him out a window, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the bartender's just amazed and goes, where'd you learn to fight like that? A long time ago. And we flash back to Tibet in 1925. Now, okay, so it was okay, mid-40s right, so when this bar was going so, yeah. on. So, all right, maybe you're right. Maybe it is the 90s. But, but but if it's 90s present day, 70 years ago is when this story takes place. So Jean-Claude is in his... Or, uh, Christopher Dubois is in his 90s when he's at that bar? Yeah, I don't, let's say it's a seventy. I don't know. The bar has a timeless look to it. <laughs> it is the an Irish has, bar. They look the yeah. same no matter all around the world. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Do we even know where it is? I mean, we assume it's America because the bartender is American accent. Oh, that's but true. America, Americans expat all over the world. It's true, and he is a fugitive in America. We'll get to that shortly. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're in Japan. Who knows? <laughs> so uh, back in nineteen twenty-five. Uh, these monks send these little messengers out with these little scrolls and we get a little montage of people being handed these scrolls there's there's a fencer in Spain there's a sumo guy taking a bath in Japan there's some sort of I don't know underground (laughs) there's that that one fight between like the French guys or something that's like at a pretty hoity-toity top hat dinner party oh, and everyone's yeah. just kind of like clapping around like oh yes good show as they're, they're like beating the crap out of each other I think, yeah i think they're supposed to be like bare knuckle boxers yeah yeah but but yeah, I, yeah. maybe that's how it was back in the 20s i don't know uh there's uh james remar with a mustache yeah um, as though as the world's heavyweight yeah the world's heavyweight unfortunately though like watching him like punch the bag and stuff though when he's training it's like what what is he doing? What, he's not really like. He, I I must be used to watching like HBO fighting where it's like them just like the guy holding it on the one side and they're just unloading and he's just like gently like wrapping it like yeah take take take. Well, oh, what's this guy? First off, honey, if you remember, like the heavyweight back in those days, like <laughs> people like Mike Tyson did not exist. Oh, well, they existed. They just didn't not fight. that body type. They, they just didn't fight. <laughs> but uh yeah anyway we yeah it was a bunch of scrawny irish guys fighting a bunch of scrawny jewish guys that's true that's That's who was fighting in the 20s yeah so yeah heavyweight champion uh maxi divine played by james three mars yeah uh then we're in new york for some reason and we see oh there's a reason (laughs) we see kids street clown walking around streets and then someone says hey clown boy and then turns (laughs) around Jean-Claude Van Damme from, what was he doing, like Shining Shoes or something like that? Something like that, yeah. And then he's about to put on a performance because he's on stilts. Oh, that's right, that's right, he's on stilts. Oh my gosh. Uh, so he's in full <laughs> clown makeup. Jean-Claude Van Damme as a clown on stilts in 1920s America. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, so, 
the mafia guy or whatever like pulls up and is like, "Hey, you should be working for me." Hey. No way, I'd never work for you. Uh, suit yourself, man. And then the cops show up to hardy, 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 hardy. break up a street Dude, performance. Dude, this is your last time doing this, sir. <laughs> Dubai, you may get your ass out of here. Because <laughs> he's a beggar. Yeah. And we're about to find out his kids are thieves. Yeah, his little street urchins running he all around. He takes care. Jean-Claude Van Damme is the head street urchin of a gang of street urchins. <laughs> while dressed as a clown on stilts. You're welcome. You tell me this isn't the best Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Exactly. It's fantastic. <laughs> it would only be more Jean-Claude if there were several of him. <laughs> that was supposed to be the sequel. He fights his brother. <laughs> Ooh, the quest through time. <laughs> no, it's the quest. Uh, he gets called to Belgium to speak with the uh, with one of the lords there. Turns out it's Dubois' brother. It's his twin brother, separated at birth, and uh, that didn't happen in this movie. <laughs> Uh, so the cops come in, there's a bit of a rough house, and they're trying to like take him in or whatever. Hardy, hardy, hardy. He does a backflip out of the stilts, uh, yeah. jumps over some fences. Claims a, claims a building, falls off a building. Yeah. And then, how did they get the big the bag of money? Like, there was a bag of money Okay, involved. so while everybody is distracted, one of the street urchins ran into the mafia guy's house. Oh, that's right. That's or right. business establishment or whatever. Grabs it. He runs out. And then one of the mafia guys goes, Hey, kid, what are you up to? And he was like, I'm looking for a toilet. There's, There's no, no toilet, toilet in here. there. Yeah. Get out of here. That's right. And so then they go back to their hideout after they make their escape. Yeah. And they start going through the money. And he goes, With this money, we buy respect. Okay. People respect us forever. That's right. Forever. <laughs> Smash cut to four hours later when they're sleeping, and then uh, guys come in and the, the old cars with Tommy guns and just start yeah. rat a tat in the place. And so so many orphans lost in that. Fight. So many orphans. Uh, but in a scurry, Jean Claude uh, he ends up you know, killing a couple guys or whatever. Yep, and then the the and, oldest of the urchins is like, uh, "Dubois, you gotta get out of here. They're gonna pin this on you." Yeah, he's like, "Wait, really?" <laughs> like he drove the car in with all the Tommy guns and started killing all of his orphan friends. Is that how this went down? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that is how it. This is what happened. Uh, but anyway, uh, Christopher Dubois makes his promise: "I will come back." I will bring money so we can all live happy lives. I will come back. Ah, and then it runs off. So he escapes by holding on to like the, the, the cargo netting as they're loading up a ship yeah. with incredible gription. Oh, and, so much gription. <laughs> and then uh, falls on a ship into the lower bowels of the ship. I don't know. I forget what La- it's called. And lands on flower? Question mark? Yeah, lands on something that doesn't break his back, but uh, he comes Knocks to... Knocks him un- unconscious for a while. Yeah, he comes to, like, the next morning uh, as he's... people standing up, over him yeah. going, <laughs> Still away, eh? Oh, that's right. While he's knocked out, he has the flashback to, uh, I don't know, his aunt or his grandma or something, and you find and out his that... his ostrich farm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that is Jean-Claude Van Johnson. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, there are emus. <laughs> I, I understand we've watched a lot of Jean-Claude this month. <laughs> we got him a little mixed up, but... <laughs> yeah, and then he robbed a post office, and... <laughs> <laughs> no, that was JCVD. You know... <laughs> maybe maybe I should take it from here? No, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, the, uh, he has the flashback to his caretaker reading a note from, Oh, your mother's out of money, and she's doing very sick. 
being very sick. You sit here, and uh, I'll be right back for you. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then that's when he's found out to be a stowaway. And basically they're like, ah, he's how we deal with stowaways. You work for us. Uh, put him in chains. Yeah, it's he's like, got to work off his... Uh, Work off his uh, his one way. Yeah, but it's one of those things where it's like, all right, you're already at sea. Yeah, you work. You work. You work for us. Put him in chains. Doesn't the chains just make it harder for him to work for you? He's doing less work for you if he's chained up. I'm sure if it's like, yo, if you want to get to wherever it is we're going, (laughs) you make good, or we'll just throw your ass overboard. Deal. Well, you know, I mean, like they used to hit Shanghai people all the time, and basically it's like, hey, we're out at sea. Uh, your two choices are jump overboard or <laughs> yeah. or work for us. Yeah. And if you stop working, we'll just toss you overboard. So overboard or yep. work. Right, and so they get to the South China Sea, wherever their end destination is, somewhere in southern China with the cool, uh, you know, those cool little islands that look like oh, Avatar I go or see whatever. Those yeah. islands in real life. And they're just about to kill him because they're like, hey, thanks for helping us out. No, we're going to kill you and feed right. you to the we sharks. We don't need you anymore, and we can't have any witnesses. And it's like, and, and I think they even say something like, ah, you're the best worker I've ever had. Shame I got to kill your ass. You're it's my like, best customer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but luckily at that time, uh, another ship attacks. And yeah. it's uh, basically a James Bond-led pirate ship. Yeah. Uh, with Captain Dobbs, uh, played by Roger Moore. So he sees him fight because, you know, he's fighting for his survival on the ship. And, you know, there's a pirate fight going on. They're going from ship to ship. Stuff starts on fire. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah, and then Dobbs comes in, basically shoots all the pirates, goes, wow, Jean-Claude, you're amazing. Jean-Claude goes, I have to get back to America. And Dobbs is like, I can can help you. I can help you. (laughs) No, not that way. But uh, basically, like, I can help you out. I can help you. You come work on my ship, and then I will take you to a ship that can get you home. Jean-Claude's like, cool, good deal. Cut to being sold on Muay Thai Island. That's right, Muay Thai Island. As soon as that was said, I was like, that's not a real place. And then he Googled it. Okay, Google, (laughs) is Muay Thai Island a real place? Uh, Spoiler alert, one thing I learned from this movie, it is not a real place. However... I wanted to go there for our second honeymoon. However, there was a Muay Thai Academy um, location in, I believe it was Southern California or something, called Muay Thai Island that apparently is Uh. a very popular training facility. Yeah, and obviously Jean-Claude fans. Perhaps it updated in the last hundred years and just moved locations from Muay Thai Island in the South China Seas. With global warming and the oceans rising, honey, it's not really an island anymore. (laughs) Spoiler alert. It's more a sandbar. Uh, (laughs) And Muay Thai Thai sandbar does not have the same ring to it. uh, They probably moved shortly after uh, Mortal Kombat was shot there. Ah, yeah. And then, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and it's about this time we find out that uh, Roger Moore, uh, well, his character, Dobbs, is a gun smuggler and yeah. apparently part of the slave trade because he mm-hmm. sells fighters to this Muay Thai Island guy. And he basically says, uh, yeah, there's a ship here in two weeks heading to San Francisco. Just wait here. They'll take care wait of you. Wait here and uh, train with these guys for a while. And uh, watch your tail while you're at it. <laughs> mm, I always like to go for your tail, baby. Mm. Uh, Yeah, he finds out pretty quick that uh, basically anyone's just going to fight anyone there at any time. He's, like, doing chores, and one of them, like, runs up and, like, sweeps the leg, and then they circle him, and a fight ensues, and... Yeah, yeah. so it's a training facility, but for, like, slave fighters, because these guys are, when they're not working, are 
going to be going and like fighting in tournaments for entertainment for rich people who like to hang out on the, near the island. Yeah. Um, and then the best of them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sometime during their journey there, one of the, the monks shows up and hands the t- scroll to the, the main guy of yeah. the island. I forget his who name. He gets to pick his best fighter. Yeah, for this, this super secret tournament. That's right. We're getting to it. I don't think it's officially called Kumate, but... Kumate! Uh, Kumate! Kumate! By the way, you have the story of this and the other movie in your uh, fun facts, right? Oh, yes. Okay, good. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's a montage, the messenger arriving. Um, got a montage. And even then, towards the... He's been there, I think, about six months or something like that. Is that right? Time yeah. has passed. Time has passed. Uh, and then he's talking to Buddha, saying he needs help to get back to his kids back in New York. Yes. Little Johnny and little Jimmy and Oscar. I don't know. And then there's a scene where one of the kids on the island, like, yeah, they have kids on the island. He's getting, like, beaten up by, like, some bigger kids. There's, like, four or five of them uh, while he's uh, hugging little baskets of wood. He's moving around or whatever. And he drops, or the bamboo, drops the bamboo, runs over there and starts defending him. And then I think there was a flash kick, which was actually quite impressive because I think it was in the sand. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Damn, Jean-Claude's got skills. Yeah, he does. Um, Oh, that's right. Doesn't the kid like yell at him and like, I have to learn to fight for myself. Yeah, Yeah, pretty pretty much. It was like, ah, what'd you do that for? I was like, because they were kicking your ass. Uh, But then he he basically just starts training and with uh, the main guy then we flash to six months later in bangkok one night in bangkok makes a hard man humble we see uh roger moore and his right hand man the Smythe or smith or what smith yeah Smythe. It, it changes throughout the show but, <laughs> depending on yeah. whoever they're trying to con but they go to this underground muay thai kickboxing tournament which i'm yeah, like yeah. i want to go see that in bangkok with, with the lady they meet a lady oh, yes. first in a yes, cafe. Right. They're at a cafe in Bangkok, and they run into an heiress to the uh, the World Post or something. Uh, New York Globe. New York Globe. Yeah, yes. yeah. Her her daddy owns the paper. Which, um, by the way, when you're in a foreign country where people get Shanghai all the time, totally flash that around that you're a fucking heiress. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But then we go to the Mai Tai tournament, and we see a man walk out wearing nothing but a bathrobe. But his head yeah. completely covered. And then he pulls the bathrobe back to reveal it's Jean-Claude or Fucking Dubois. Fucking ripped Dubois. Ripped. <laughs> ripped. And then there's a fight that lasts about four to six seconds. Uh, yeah, pretty much just like three kicks. <laughs> yeah. And the guy is down. And then uh, Dobbs uh, realizes, oh, that's the chap we left on the island. We should they get the fuck out of They make eye contact. Jean-Claude sees they, them oh, and makes right. eye contact. And so, like, we need to get out of here. And so we start scurrying along, and then, of course, yep. Jean-Claude cuts him off. It's like, you've got to get me out of here. You promised me. You're a liar. Just then, uh, the heiress shows up. What's going on, guys? <laughs> what is it you want? Golden dragon. <laughs> There's a tournament. The best fighters are invited. Uh, you, win- you can win a golden dragon. Solid gold. If you can get us to the island... We'll leave with the dragon. <laughs> Basically, but it's a secret tournament you have to be invited to. Indeed. So Jean-Claude can secure an invite. Indeed. And how do they do that? <gasps> they find out that uh, Maxi is invited. That's right. Maxi Devine, the American He's going to be the American fighter. 
they uh, basically poses his uh, guide and valet when he arrives at, in Thailand because mm-hmm. uh, they beat the shit out of the other guys that really Pretty are. Pretty uh, <laughs> Like, oh, it's great. You guys actually speak American. That's great. Let's go get stuck with one of, the, one of them little Chinese guys who didn't speak no English. <laughs> That's right. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, casual racism. <laughs> indeed. So, uh, of course, to get to the secret location, they hop on elephants, go through the jungle. Yeah. Beautiful locations. Wouldn't be a Thailand movie without elephants. There's even like a little three-second scene, a little montage, where they just spend the night in a nice, beautiful, well-lit cave. Yeah. And, and that's it. And then it's like the next morning or whatever. But it was like, wait, I want more about that cave. Right. <laughs> where- <laughs> and the uh, and the reporter gal is with them because she's going to get the story. That's right. Get that scoop. Not mm-hmm. unlike any other movie we've talked about earlier this month. Yeah, totally not a reporter check. <laughs> uh, so they get, they make it the, the secret location where the tournament's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget, did they mention what it was called? I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. Kramaga. No, I don't know. <laughs> they get to the Kumite. They get to Kumite. And uh, one of the things was like, uh, they had like a cobra as like the dinner. I'm like, yeah. Raw cobra. Is that a thing? It was raw cobra. Yeah. And then that's where they meet the Mongolians. That's right. They meet the Mongolian guy, Cow, uh, who basically wants their table. And they're like, no, that's cool. We're just in the middle of eating here. You can find another table. Uh, you can have this uh, this uh, raw cobra if you want. Yeah, yeah it's all yours. Um, and then the Mongolian guy walks up, basically throws him out of the way, and then karate chops the uh, table in half. Yeah. Shit gets real. And <laughs> the server does not look pleased. By the way, what do you do in that situation if you're the server and one guest karate chops another guest table in half? That's right. Oh, that's right. Maxi Devine stands up to him and uh, the and Mongolian guy the fuck yeah, out with pops one him punch. in the face. And he's like, what is this? And I'm like, it's your blood, dude. Have you never Nobody seen it makes before? makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> yeah. thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, and doesn't Dubois get into it a little bit? Or no, yeah, they hold yeah. him back, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dubois like kind of like stands up from him, like, "Hey, back off!" And it's around that time everybody starts stepping in, and it's like, "Hey, hey, hey, calm down, everybody, calm down." And that's when uh, Maxie starts getting suspicious of his valet. Yeah. They're like, wait, you're a real fighter. You're not. You're not a valet. Well, because then also then uh, the guys from Muay Thai Island walk by and go, "You have disguised oh, us. Right. You, he never paid me for you. And how could you betray us like this?" And Maxie's like, "What the fuck is going on? Why do you know everybody here?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, so, and basically, like the next morning, I think it is. Uh, Maxie's like, I'm leaving, fuck this joint, blah, blah, blah. This what oh, you want. Oh, that's right. He, like, challenges Chris to a fight. And Chris pops him one and knocks him down. Yeah, yeah, beats crap out of him and basically, like, whatever, man, I'm leaving. And he hops on a horse and rides off into the distance. After tossing Jean-Claude his invite. Oh, that's right. Like, oh, this? Is this what you want? Here, take it. <laughs> I'm out of here. And like, oh, cool. Well, that was nice. Uh, it's also around that time the German fighter appears. Yeah. On a Zeppelin. With an iron cross <laughs> in 1925. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So there's a Zeppelin now. Um, they were introduced to the various stereotypes that are the fighters. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's Japan, China, Mongolia, uh, Scotland, they, of course, yeah. fights in a kilt. Cause yeah. Yeah. Uh, Greece, I think, was in there. Well, they only used the kilt for daily wear. In uh, for battle, they wore a full sequined ball gowns. The idea was to blind the enemy. 
<laughs> oh god groundskeeper willie would have been fucking amazing <laughs> <laughs> ripping the shirt off <laughs> then grease me up woman <laughs> that guy basically was groundskeeper willie right yeah uh so everybody's being introduced and then uh it's like from america and then jean-claude stands up and they're like, you're and, not Maxi Divine. And you're not Maxi Divine. And then Maxi Divine was like, I'm Maxi Divine. And this man's a better fighter than me. So he should be here instead of me. New York! And then the, I, I don't know, the, the Chancellor, wh- wh- whoever's heading up Kumite, he always mm-hmm. has the most incredible dialogue. Oh my god. <laughs> it was just like, if this is the case, he shall be tested. If he beats his first opponent... We will accept your conditions. If not, you will never be allowed to leave the island or wherever. Yeah. The city. The city. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, we are not permanent residences of Kumite. (laughs) And it's like, Maxi Vine, like, whoa, 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 wait, what? I I don't remember reading that, the rules. (laughs) You better win, kid. (laughs) Don't get too penisy. New York City. It's like, qualify or pay the penalty of never leaving. Right. Well, do I get a place to stay, or like, what? What's the per diem out here? I think it's more like a slave labor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's like the the Japanese sumo wrestler guy. This is when the fighting actually starts. So this is where the yeah. movie get turns into a blood sport, basically. I also just want to put out there if you hear weird noises in the background, uh, yep. Caster Troy is trimming his toenails by chewing on them. So uh, that's and, happening and within if, a few feet of the microphone. And if this is news to you, we'd like to welcome you to the <laughs> Everything I Learned <laughs> from Movies everything. podcast, because every single episode, there's cats all around. <laughs> Everybody's down and cats are all around. So we had a couple fights, like the sumo wrestler guy basically just runs into people and yeah. knocks them out of the ring. Because that's um, how you fight sumo. Oh, there's the uh, uh, the Brazilian fire fighter, the yeah. capoeira guy. Capoeira. By the way, his intro music is basically... Hot, hot, hot by Buster Poindexter, right? Like, that may be a variation of, like, a traditional Brazilian song, but if you listen to it, it's totally yeah, like, pretty much. Me so on fire. Me so on fire. Feeling hot, hot, hot. <laughs> uh, but the Capoeira fighters, fighter is badass. He's fucking uh, awesome. Oh, uh, uh, him and I th- was... I think it was... A, we couldn't decide if yeah, it was a fighter like from China, China or Korea or, Korea. or something. Yeah, Because uh, they kind of call him both, but uh, both of them... They are little guys, you can tell. Like, even against the other opponents, they're little guys. They can straight up jump more than their body height straight up in the air. And I was like, Steve, if basketball players had that percentage vertical to their height, they would, like, have to not be able to... They would not be able to play indoors. They would have to, like, open it up. Like LeBron James jumping 15 feet into the air. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that would be the equivalent of this guy jumping up. Like, the athleticism, like... I can't remember if it was Capoeira guy or the China slash Korea guy. One of them just like jumps over a dude. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the 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 China guy because yeah, because they show that crazy. one like super slow mo and stuff yeah. too. He's doing it. And... So impressive! Like the fight <laughs> scenes are really really impressive. And he, and he does the animal style, so he does like the snake style and the monkey yeah. style. There's even the line in there where James Remar is like, uh, "He's moving like an animal," and Jean Claude says, "More like a snake." Like a snake. snake. Snake is an animal, it's a Jean-Claude. Snake. <laughs> a snake. A snake. A snake. A snake. He like a, like a snake. Move like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> like a snake. He moves like a snake. <laughs> Just a little snakey. 
By the way, I love how uh, all of the announcements and everything at this tournament are in English as well. Right, I mean, yeah. it, it really does help. But <laughs> by the way, honey, if I was in charge of announcing the danger or announcing the Akumite, I'd be like, look at that guy moving like a danger noodle. <laughs> <laughs> He's not giving a fuck. <laughs> uh, there's the Scottish fighter. He uh, he loses when his balls gets <laughs> punched Jesus into his abdomen. That looks painful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it basically they, it's whittled down, and it gets to like uh, Chris Dubois, Dubois defeating a couple guys. Like I think he fights the Capoeira guy and mm-hmm. the Monkey guy, and the yeah. oh, there's the fence Spanish fencer or something, oh, whatever yeah. guy. And then there's the Mongolian guy who goes through a couple yeah. of them. Yeah, and the Mongolian guy's just a badass. Like he fights the sumo guy, just punches him one time right in the stomach, and the I don't sumo know, goes fucking down. <laughs> just goes out. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there's a lot of fighting. Check it out. It's pretty sweet. Oh, that's right. The Mongolian guy also uh, kills uh, Fang, who's the guy from Waitai Island. Oh, yeah. That, he, that like, Jean-Claude kills him. That trade with. And, yeah. And basically is just, like, like picks him up and just backbreakers him and, like, rolls him off like a, bo- like a boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically it's the exact same pattern as uh, another movie that they have. <laughs> as several other movies. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this is definitely one of Jean-Claude's greatest tropes, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, and as we get down to, like, the la- the final four, like, the... Yeah, I think it's the final four fighters. Roger Moore basically says okay you're gonna throw this next fight because we're gonna need you fresh because uh we gotta move a solid gold dragon <laughs> basically we're gonna move this gold dragon via zeppelin and uh just airlift it out of here and yeah. uh <laughs> and chris dubois like i don't want to i think i can win um but yeah so so that's going on basically it boils down to they try to uh dobbs and Smythe are like setting it up to fly off with the golden dragon yeah but then the alarms are sounded they're caught because they're gonna steal the uh what do you call it the the golden dragon they're also the uh the zeppelin from oh, the nazi yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 oh yeah and doesn't dubois beat the shit out of the nazi yeah that's his first yeah, round yeah, yeah right? that's like his first fight i think oh that's right yeah germany versus america but yeah so basically they're like for trying to steal the golden dragon you shall be put to death and then dubois like no oh, no, no. Let me fight for them. If I win, you let them go free. We will accept that. But if you lose, you will never leave the island. <laughs> and I assume we'll also kill your friends. Oh, that's right, because he says, This is for good. Yeah. <laughs> for good. Uh, so fantastic. Uh, oh, so good. Oh, I th- oh, that's right. Dobbs uh, gives his backstory... Uh, spoiler alert he's not really a lord or what? a captain or anything uh he was a seaman at one time or like he worked his way up <laughs> to like major general or something like that uh but then he basically said fuck that i'm gonna he's get a deserter i'm gonna get paid <laughs> don't go get paid which is like yeah yeah we kind of piece that together thanks though <laughs> yes he does have seafaring uh seafaring blood in his veins but yeah he ran off to go make money yeah so then it comes down to the final fight USA versus Mongolia. Ah! The crazy Mongolians. So the fight starts, and Dubois is getting his ass kicked. Oh my Um, god. So much so, he basically gets tossed out of the ring. Uh And uh, 
I don't know, people are kind of pissed at the Mongolian thing, so they're like, no, no, keep fighting. Get keep down there and fight them. And so they take it out outside of the whole stadium onto the streets of yeah. the city. Fights him, like, through <laughs> an apartment complex. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, there's even the one scene where it's like they're fighting in uh, in one of the buildings, but it's mm-hmm. shot from the outside, so you just hear a bunch of stuff crashing. Yeah, <laughs> as it's just, like, moving along, and then Jean-Claude comes, like, rolling out the end. <laughs> it's thrown out the window. I actually really enjoyed that. Something very big trouble in Little China about that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, there's a whole big fight. Uh, Jean-Claude throws a bunch of roundhouse kicks at him. Yeah. um, And eventually wins. And wins the Golden Dragon. And the day is saved. Uh, There's a big medal ceremony where he's given this cool little medallion. Because he doesn't get to take the Golden Dragon home. I guess that's for the next Kumite. Or or whatever this this, uh, event was called. Kumite. And then also the the reporter lady uh, like hugs up on him. And it's like, wait. Did they fall? When did they fall in love? Right. I, I don't remember them being so much as talking to one another, really. Right. Like, I think they had one conversation on an elephant. Pretty much. And it was more like, who the hell are you? Oh, my name is uh, uh, Chris Dubois. I'm a valet. <laughs> All lies. <No. laughs> <laughs> I am also ripped. By the way, Jean-Claude in that newsboy hat. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. It's a good look for him. Yeah, it's pretty good. He's a good looking man. He's a good looking dude. Yeah. Yeah. We should get you a newsboy hat. Yeah, let's do it. How do you feel about role playing? I'll be Jean-Claude. You be the elephant. <laughs> That'll be two dollars, man. <laughs> Is there any other way I can pay you? Um, coins? <laughs> the cash is good. How about a solid gold dragon? That'd be I cool. I want it in a kickboxing fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So then... <laughs> so then... So then we flash back to 70 years later, present day yeah. or whatever, and Jean-Claude is saying, everybody made out pretty good. Uh, Dobbs went off to, I don't know, start the circus. Maxi uh-huh. Divine even won a couple fights, but he retired. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then flashback, and it's him closing a book. Written by the chick. Written by, yeah, yeah written by uh, the, the reporter chick. But it was an old man telling a story at the beginning of the movie. It was an old man telling a story that ends with an old man closing a book. By the way, so this is how I imagine the story actually going back at the bar yeah. in 1995. It happened a long time ago. You see, in the 20s, I was a clown. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay, okay. This isn't going to go anywhere fast. Um, <laughs> let me just take that coffee from you. Thank you. Go on your way, sir. He's I got muttering. Close, He's I wandering close up through the, the streets. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then there was a place called Muay Thai Island. Ah, oh, that's great. That's great, Chris. That's great. Move along. Hardy, hardy, hardy. Tell me about it in the morning. Go back to the streets of Bangkok. Uh, <laughs> so that was the quest. <laughs> the quest. Oh my god. Sweetie, what did we learn from the quest. The Jean-Claude Van Damme has a thing for orphans. <laughs> it's true. He does. He loves those damn kids. He loves kids. That is a theme in watching all these Jean-Claude movies. So many kids. Yeah. Yeah, kids with tragic stories and him helping into protecting them, I believe. I learned why Thai Island is not a real place. That is a fucking shame. Thank you, Google. Um. <laughs> Isn't there some sort of like little... Acapulco or something we can name Muay Thai Island. That would be. I, I'm sure down in Thailand they would be totally down I'm for sure that. Somebody will sell us one. All right, we're gonna Kickstarter to buy an island, guys, and we're gonna name it Muay Thai Island. If 
everybody in the entire world kicks in two dollars <laughs> we could afford uh, a tropical island in thailand i like yeah. this plan yeah so you can go to patreon.com slash EILF movies now. <laughs> oh. uh, so would you recommend The Quest? Absolutely. <laughs> this movie is... No, I was going to say Kickboxer. That's not what I'm talking about. Bloodsport. Oh, it's... But with, and Kickboxer. <laughs> but with more of a budget. And they like it knows what it is at this point. Yeah, it's really good. And oh man, the, the fight scenes, excellently executed. Exactly. Yeah, the, the story to get them out there for the fight scenes, not not the greatest, but it's still pretty good. Is it any worse than any of the other ones? Not really. Well, <laughs> well, in Bloodsport, I think it basically was just like, oh, I heard there's this secret tournament. I'm going to go to Hong Kong. And then uh-huh. he's there. That's basically it. What? Oh yeah, and he's chased around by Forrest Whitaker and the other guy for <laughs> like a half hour. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Go watch The Quest. Go watch The Quest. It's it's Jean-Claude by Jean-Claude. Yeah. yeah. It's a Jean-Claude-ception. <laughs> Again, multiple Jean-Claudes. <laughs> it's a theme. Ah. <laughs> ah, so we're going to take a quick little break, uh, share yeah. some great podcasts and products with you. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, oh, so many good fun facts about this movie. Yeah. And more beer. When everything I learned from movies returns! Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, do you like movies? Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie out, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.poppin.com. All of them in one place for you. So you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the defenders. Uh, but I like to think we a little bit better than that. <laughs> come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. happy to have you with us this evening and want you to enjoy every minute of your stay here. Listen to me. Please listen. If you don't, if you won't, if you fail to understand, then the same incredible terror that's menacing me will strike at you! Are you ready to enter the sci-fi double feature drive-in? Every month we hold a special double feature with a very interesting theme thought up by your host, the conspiracy-loving Elisa, and yours truly, Jarrett the Kaiju Man Wegelin. We discuss giant monsters, little monsters, genetic abominations, robots gone awry, aliens coming to Earth, cryptids, and anything in between. So join us at the sci-fi double feature drive-in podcast every first and third Thursday of the month. And don't forget to stop by our snack bar first hi i'm phil oh did someone just did someone just sign off of aol i'm paul i really don't have a lot on this
Oh my god, this is this is rolling off the rails real quick. And I'm Dennis. I, I am so Dennis. mixed up today. Just don't even listen to me anymore. And together we are. Voltron. Well, no, not Voltron. We are useless debates in pop culture, a weekly, or we at least try to be, podcast that allows you to pick the winner. <laughs> ding, ding. ding. By no means the a lamp. internet strikes again. Yeah, for sure. We will debate anything. So if you want to hear debates on such useless topics as best Val Kilmer role, Tombstone, Tombstone, or best movie soundtrack, American Graffiti, or the most successful former boy band member, JT, then tune into our show. Your podcast is so well named. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, Podbean, and Google Play. And our website, uselessdebate.com. All right, there we go. Thank God. <laughs> Have you ever watched an absolutely terrible movie and thought to yourself, what were they thinking? Because we sure have. So much so that we named our podcast after it. What were they thinking? Starring me, Nathan. And Brendan. Every other week, we take a bad to questionable movie and unpack it so you don't have to and then every other other week we ate your cues with our mailbag or you know talk about whatever no big whoop no no big whoop at all that's what were they thinking you can catch us on podbean youtube itunes google play stitcher and more also a ton of platforms that brendan made up Hi, guys. We interrupt your favorite podcast to interrupt you with an ad for your new favorite podcast. Wait, wait. Isn't this playing on somebody else's show? Exactly. So then how are we? I thought we were their new favorite podcast. Well, we're going to become their new favorite podcast after they hear this advertisement for our show. What's our show called, Justine? Superiority Complex. Yeah. Where can they find us, Patrick? Uh, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, exactly. You can go to at Soup Complex on Twitter, S-O-U-P Complex, and you can go to Facebook.com. Slash soup complex, but our main page is on Podbean, and you can find us there at www.superioritycomplex.podbean.com. New episodes are out every Thursday. Justine, yes. what do we talk about on the Superiority Complex? Nerdy stuff. Perfect. Don't get all sensual with your voice. Yeah, did you hear that? I heard it. It's a little inappropriate. If you want to hear a little more of that, tune in to the Superiority Complex. One more time, Justine, what do we talk about? Nerdy stuff. Nah, wasn't the same. You tried. Oh my god, honey. Those were the greatest ads that ever added in the history of adding. They keep getting better every week. And we want to thank our wonderful sponsors and all the wonderful podcasts that advertise with us. Woo! You guys are the best. Castaways. (laughs) Earning that Muay Thai Island. That's right. (laughs) One one week at a time. (laughs) Ah... Damn, I'm a little thirsty, babe. You want a little something to drink? I do. What do you got for me, my love? Well, from a brewery that just actually will be opening up here in a couple weeks, about <laughs> a mile from our house. Yeah. Uh, from Ocean View Brew Works in, uh, I guess they're Albany? Albany, California? Yeah, I think that's Albany. Yeah, Albany, El Cerrito area. They have their Sunday Morning IPA, which is a New England-style IPA. Ooh. And luckily for us, 7.5% alcohol by volume. Fuck yeah. And this is in a growler. Yeah. So, like, straight up picture a moonshine jug just full mm-hmm. of beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll do the top. It's empty. Oh, my top. And not a lot of airspace in this one, so it's filled Oh, Jesus. Pretty good, he filled yeah. that straight to the top. Very nice. And that would be considered an overfit pour. Yeah, you filled that cup noodle cup. 
<laughs> fill up my cup here. <laughs> yeah. Mm, it actually smells quite malty. Some hoppy notes. Mmm. Definitely some pine hops on it. Very fresh smelling. But yeah, not as uh, harsh as a uh, West Coast IPA. So they actually had a session uh, IPA when we were over there with Simcoe that even I kind of liked. And we all Ooh. know my feelings on Simcoe. Mm. If you're new to the podcast, Simcoe is a type of hop that tastes like cat piss and people go nuts for it. It's true. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. I'm not a huge fan of it either. Uh, but. As somebody who enjoys having cats and doesn't enjoy their piss, I don't enjoy the beer. <laughs> and as someone who doesn't enjoy cats and also doesn't enjoy their piss, looking at you, Caster. No. Uh, right. But yeah, nice golden hazy color. Um, yeah, got a, yeah, it's a nice golden beer. Got a little bit of a hop haze on it. Got a white foamy head with lots of tiny bubbles. Steve's going in for the sip. Wow. Yeah, I a pine and... Um, like grapefruit kind of notes on it. Yeah, this actually does have like a fruitiness to it. Yeah. I think that might actually be like maybe from the malts or the uh, the yeast actually even. But yeah, yeah. it's got a nice malty backbone. Yeah. So this is a great beer. <clears throat> Super refreshing. Yeah, well-rounded, uh, surprisingly mellow as far as like, like supposed to be 7.5%. If you told me this was a pale ale, I'd be like, yeah, it's a little hoppy for a pale ale, but that's about it. You know what? Yeah, if you told me this was five, I'd buy it. Mm-hmm. This is a deceptively strong. I'm in. So, Steve, do you have any fun facts? Because it's super fun facts. Fun, fun facts. Excuse me. Oh, I got fun facts. (laughs) This one came from IMDb that I think might be full of crap, but I'm going to share it anyway. (laughs) Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme asked Oliver Stone to direct, but Oliver politely declined. I hope that's real. I hope that is real. I'm sure it's one of those things like, oh, that's great. He wants me to do that uh, Bloodsport movie over again. Uh, I'd cast Woody Harrelson in his place. And, uh, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. Pass. Pass, pass, pass. Get the fuck out. I'm going to make a movie about Nixon starring Anthony Hopkins. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Try to think what it was in the late 90s. But yeah, something like that. When, um, what, so what movie was it where Oliver Stone officially crawled inside his own asshole? I don't know. Chances are I haven't seen it, though. Viewers, tweet at us. When was it that Oliver Stone did fully encase himself in his own colon? <laughs> Alexander? No. Oh, no. wait, we're supposed to work the word enrobed into things now. It's enrobed in his own colon. <laughs> I was listening to another podcast. They wanted to hear more enrobed. Okay. <laughs> uh, hashtag enrobed. Um, <laughs> Four finger discount. They were uh, looking up uh, milk duds. And they were enrobed in chocolate. Oh. All right, then. <laughs> Big shout out to Four Finger Discount. Thanks for uh, donating to the cause. So... You mentioned this has striking similarities to other Jean-Claude movies from the past. For yeah. example, Bloodsport. Yeah, or based Kickboxer, on a true story. Possibly Lionheart. Possibly. <laughs> Honey, Kumite is real. Yeah, yeah obviously, obviously. Frank Ducks. Dukes. Dukes, not Dukes. ducks. <laughs> uh, he was a real dude who really fought in the Kumite. It's true. Frank- and defeated like 9,000 people. <laughs> it is true. Frank Dukes is a real person. Who sued Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> over the writing credits of the movie, claiming that Van Damme and he wrote the story under the title The Kumite Enter the New Dragon in 1991. Van Damme denied this, claiming the two projects were completely unrelated. <laughs> really? Hmm. Uh, Dukes won his story credit via ruling of the Writers Guild of America, but lost the actual court case. That's why Frank Dukes uh, got the writing credit mm, during the opening credits. But got no money off of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he got scale 
for writing. Oh, you got or scale, something. yeah. But so yeah, you got his not, $80 a day? Not the big court case, yeah. By the way, if this movie had been called The Kumite, Enter the New Dragon, would you have seen it? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> but I would have been confused because this would have happened... It would have been Enter the New Dragon, but it would have been before the dragon that we're already familiar with. Yeah, they'll Enter the Dragon Bruce Lee in the 70s one. It, it basically yeah. been like naming something... Mortal Kombat, Transformers, Jungle Book, Fast and Furious. <laughs> and like, wait a minute. I feel like you're just throwing words out there. Like, yes. You mean like uh, Transformers, The Darkest Night? Yeah, exactly. Hmm? Uh, I believe it was The Last Night and The Dark Side of the Moon. But yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Tatum O'Neill claims in her autobiography that she was called personally for the main female role in this film by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. But failed to get the part after a romance between her and Van Damme faltered. Aww. Wow, Tatum O'Neill is the reporter chick. Yeah. yeah That'd been I'd, interesting. I'd do it. Although, you know who was one of the first choices for that character of Carrie Newton? Hmm. Madonna. Really? Mm-hmm. That wouldn't have worked. Think about that. <laughs> it would have been too much. Especially wait, with wait. the British accent. You're, you're talking about mid-90s Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> in a movie set on a possibly deserted island how could that possibly go wrong couldn't at all not even a little bit <laughs> don't watch swept away anyone <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about anytime Besides, she's not on an abandoned any... island she's on in bangkok yeah that's true yeah, yeah that's right she shows up in bangkok yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> by the way whenever one whenever anyone says that king arthur legend of the sword is the worst worst guy richie movie ever they forget about swept away i don't think they even know swept away exists honey <laughs> Not many people go that deep into his IMDb. They're comparing everything to Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that's true. And Snatch. It's like, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, Sherlock Holmes, that's it, right? Yeah, that's Yeah, I'm a huge Guy Ritchie fan. Like, I have all his movies, like, all three of them. And, like, yeah, it's, yeah, this, like, King Arthur thing is, like, so not him. Rock and Rolla? Never heard of it. That's not a movie. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. So Van Damme's final fight against Khan, played by uh, Abdel Kisi, is the second time he's fought the same actor in the final fight of two unrelated movies, quote unquote. (laughs) I'll say unrelated, (laughs) quote unquote. But um, the first time uh, he fought him was in the movie Lionheart in 1990. Yeah. The other actor he fought twice, though, can you think who it is, sweetie? Is this Fennel Thorson? Nope. It's Bolo Young from Kickboxer and Bloodsport. Oh, yeah. Also from Double Impact. Yeah. Bolo Young keeps popping up on this. Oh, <laughs> Bolo Young. Everything oh. I learned from Bolo Young. <laughs> By the way, I did try to contact him. Apparently, he's off the grid. <laughs> yeah, he lives in the deep jungles of Bangkok, right? An elephant, honey. Exactly. And just uh, r- ruling over villages with a stern fist. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm sure helping little old widows cross the road. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's a heart of gold guy. Here's another fun fact. Jack McGee, the guy who played uh, Harry Smythe, uh, mm-hmm. Roger Moore's right-hand man, apparently he would break wind or fart after each take. Yes. This drew the ire of Jean-Claude Van Damme, who wasn't amused. But the rest of the cast and crew, especially Roger Moore, found it hilarious. <laughs> That's... You know, I gotta say, their on-screen chemistry was very good. Like, you could tell they got along. Yeah. They they def- they had that buddy-buddy feeling. Like, too often you have that, like, you know, the two, the guy and his henchmen who are supposed to be thick as thieves, but you can kind of tell they don't really know each other. And it's like, no, this henchman and this guy, like, they've been through everything together. 
those two actually seemed like they've like seen some shit together. Totally, yeah. And they- it turns out they've just smelled it. <laughs> 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 I mean Wow, well man. played. <laughs> 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 hey even a broken clock strikes cold. <laughs> Even a broken clock finds a truffle once in a while. You never know when gold's gonna strike. (laughs) (laughs) We now bring you to Cross Clichés with Stephen Izzy. And remember, folks, a watch clock never boils. (laughs) A penny saved is a bird in the bush. (laughs) What? Alright, so I have a question <laughs> on that one. How many girls do you think thought they were being deep and got bird tattoos on their badges? What? <laughs> it's just something I could see somebody doing like... Wait, could you say that one more time so that people can understand what you're saying? How many pe- How many girls, chicks, do you think thought they were being super deep and went and got tattoos of birds on their vaginas? Because it's a bird in the bush. Or a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. <laughs> I don't know, but if that's the case, I'll tell you one thing. They're not the sharpest cookie in the tree. They're not the brightest crayon in the box. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all my fun facts. Uh, <laughs> and so to end this, we're going to make like a tree. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Uh, so thank you for listening and uh <laughs> Jesus Christ this is awesome I can't breathe <laughs> <laughs> alright well on behalf of Izzy I'm going to <laughs> alright I'm good are you oh you look so lovely when you can't breathe I'm sure your, your I'm face isn't good. purple at all <laughs> I don't even know why you would say that Okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So thank you for listening. And uh, <laughs> If you have some mixed up puns, send them to us at everything.ilfmovies <laughs> on Twitter. I'm sorry, what's our Twitter handle, sweetie? Everything ILF Movies Podcast. <laughs> That's at EILF Movies. Yeah, send us your uh, your best crust crossed cliches. Oh my god. Hashtag cross cliches. I like it. But yeah, thanks for listening. Reach out to us. Be sure to check out our Patreon page and get entered for our little giveaway of uh, a nice little four-pack of Jean-Claude classics, including The Quest, so you can watch it with your friends and loved ones and family. Yes. Yeah, show it to your children. They need to know the ways of the world and the history of the history of of Belgium's greatest exports. (laughs) That's right. And they also need to know if they don't do their chores, they'll get sent off to Mai Tai Island. Mm -hmm. Don't let him listen to the podcast, though. By the way, I just want to tell you guys all, he's Belgian. He's not French. Stop telling me he's French, guys. You're wrong. He's Cajun. Right? Hard target? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Cajuns are a mix of African-American, American, and Belgians. And whatever he was supposed to be in Time Cop that was never fully explained. I assume French-Canadian. Well, yeah, obviously. (laughs) With your English, I'm not surprised. (laughs) He's from Quebec. Uh, But yeah, thanks. thank you for listening. Hit us up. Big shout out to all of our Patreon members out there. 
Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to all the other podcasts that advertise with us there in the middle. Uh, the Movie Pod Squad, Potter and Family, Castaways especially. Shout out to the uh, the Lady Pod Squad. Lady Pod Squad. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> if you enjoy movie monsters and kittens, you can check out my Etsy shop at Untidy Venus. I have a whole series of movie monsters who love kittens. Indeed. Yes, snuggly kittens. Ah, uh, we are 100 episodes deep in this bitch. Oh, and this is the first time I've whipped out all my bad puns. This is not the first time. This is the first time we remember. Yeah, first, first time we've threw out so many of our cross cliches. <laughs> so but, many. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty more to come. <laughs> Honey, I promise you there are no birds in my bush. <laughs> that's, that's great, babe. They can't subject um, thoroughly. Oh, also... The latest Kickboxer movie came out, Kickboxer Ooh. Retaliation, starring the great yes. Elaine Moosey, who's friend joined us the last podcast. week. Friend of the podcast. Be sure to go check out that movie. Uh, we haven't officially seen it uh, when this is recorded, this but we're pretty sure it's badass. It's got Jean-Claude, Christopher Lambert, Mike Tyson, and Elaine Moosey. Oh, and The Mountain from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, The Mountain. Plus, like, uh, David Shaw, like, four-time World's Strongest Man, apparently, is in it. Yeah, yeah. you know, Elaine Moosey's in it. That's all you need yeah, to know. Yeah, that's really He's it. an awesome dude. The future he does amazing Ni- stunts. The future Nightwing. Yes, Let's make that happen, Nightwing. everybody. Hashtag Elaine Nightwing. <laughs> Come on, David Ayer, get that job and sign this man. Uh, you so, know what? Is that our next Kickstarter after we buy our island? Yes. And we'll have an island to do shooting well, on. Exactly. <laughs> it's Gotham Island. No. Yes. <laughs> no, it's Moita Island where we shoot the goth- We shoot things in scenes in Gotham. <gasps> we reshoot the quest. Yes. yes. But featuring all cats. And then when Jean-Claude sues us for the story rights, we're like, hey, we'll give you a writing credit. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Jean-Claude would train Caster Troy how to do a spinning spinning kick? If anyone could, it is Jean-Claude, Camille, Francois, Van Valkenburg. Anyway, Jean-Claude Van Damme. (laughs) Jean-Claude Van Damme. Belgium's greatest export since waffles. I want to go to Belgium, honey. I want to see their ponies. They have the prettiest ponies. Help us start a Kickstarter for Belgium. Hey. Woo! Send Stephen Izzy to Belgium. But yes, most importantly, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you so much. We appreciate all of you. So until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, I Learned from, from movies. movies. Have a good night, everybody. Night, everybody. Goddamn street clown. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now